you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier, connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great-tasting, all-natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant-based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit Symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to Symbiotica.com. That's C-Y-M-B-I-O-T-I-K-A.com. Hey there, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 9th, 2022. Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Podcast, where we've just been traded for a player to be named later. I'm your man, MG Marcus Grant, alongside Michael F. Florio. We've got producer Randy at the controls. He is our uh, new resident Packer fan. We haven't had a chance to actually fully introduce Randy yet. Today is going to be the day, because I don't know if you heard, but there's some Packer news that we're going to get into in this show. Um, Although, Florio, I will say this. In the past... Everything that happened on like Monday and Tuesday would have happened right after we finished taping. So I'm starting to feel good that maybe our luck is turning around right now. Yeah, there would have been no coming back from from yesterday. Like if we recorded and then after Rogers and, and all the and Wilson and all the other news happened, it would have it would have been awful. So yeah. I, I'm very happy the NFL did all of this, gave us all of this news before we recorded this time. Absolutely. You know, it's funny too because I, you know, as I was starting to think about this week's show, like on Sunday and Monday. Uh, you know, I had it in my head. I'm like, hey, we'll do, you know, we'll do a little combine wrap up. We'll do we'll finish our free agency uh, talk with the with the running backs. That's the last you know major position that we haven't done. 
And I'm like, oh, okay, that, you know, that'll, that'll be a pretty good show. I was even going to mention the fact that uh, we just passed the three-year anniversary of Antonio Brown being a Buffalo Bill for about 15 minutes. I had a little fun thing uh, all queued up. And then, like, everything happened in the space of, like, 48 hours. And so, uh, full disclosure, we have uh, we've moved. The A-B conversation was fun. I don't know. Uh, you and I sort of, we laughed about it on Twitter. Um, I know you're happy with Stefan Diggs. <laughs> That's worked out pretty well for you. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of other stuff happening. So in fact, let, let's just, let's just dive into it. Shall we? We'll start, uh, with maybe the biggest news of the last couple days. That is the Denver Broncos swinging a trade with the Seattle Seahawks. The, obviously the principal names in it, Russell Wilson is going from Seattle to Denver. Drew Locke is going from Denver to Seattle. There are draft picks going both ways. The Seahawks send a fourth round pick to the Broncos. The Broncos in return send two first rounders, two second rounders, a fifth rounder, as I mentioned, Drew Locke, defensive tackle Shelby Harris, and tight end Noah Fant. They are all going back to the Pacific Northwest to become Seahawks. It was uh, the thing that sort of burned down fantasy Twitter and football Twitter in general for uh, most of Tuesday. So, I mean, let's let's just kind of dive into this, right? Obviously, Russ and, and the Seahawks were, were struggling to come to some sort of long-term agreement. It, there was talk for a while that maybe Russ wasn't going to be there. Then it sort of died down. Then obviously it happens. Uh, my first question, though, is now that he is in Denver – and we talked about the wide receivers in Denver and them just sort of needing a quarterback. So now Jerry Judy to the moon. Can we can we say this? I think so. I, I yesterday was was a whirlwind. I looked at my phone and I was like, whoa, I have way too many texts right now. And then I saw the <laughs> Wilson news and my first thought was like, it's finally going to happen for Jerry Judy. Uh, you, you knew how bullish I was on him last season. Uh, I got to tell Jerry Judy. Personally, when we spoke with him at Radio Row, that I think he is one of, if not the best route runners in the NFL. Um, I just thought like he needed a quarterback upgrade two years ago as a rookie. I know he struggled a little bit with the drops, but he showed us that he had the ability to be a downfield receiver. Then last year, that was completely taken away from him. They, they stopped taking uh, as many downfield shots with him. They were using him closer to the line of scrimmage. And what I hated was he was an afterthought for this offense last year in the red zone. I believe he didn't finish the season with a single end zone target. He's just too good for that to be the case. And now, though, he's going to go from an offense that was built around you know the running backs and controlling the clock. And even the passing game had so many dump-offs to the running backs now he's going to have one of, the, I think, arguably the best deep ball thrower in the NFL and easily one of the most efficient touchdown throwers. And what I mean by that is every year Russell Wilson is towards the top of the league in touchdown percentage. So I think this means good things for his catch totals, for his yards total, and his touchdown totals. I, I think he's a wide receiver two for fantasy with wide receiver one upside. So I, I did a, a TikTok uh, about the winners and losers from this trade and in the winners I had Jerry Judy uh, I had a couple other guys there we can talk about in just a little bit uh, I had a couple people kind of jump in and you know not in a combative way but just sort of say well what does this mean for Cortland Sutton some people suggesting that maybe Cortland Sutton is more of a winner thinking that the Russ is going to be the guy to, to push the ball downfield and maybe Judy doesn't see quite as many underneath targets I look at this as one I think both of them are very good receivers I think Judy is a slightly better receiver and 
Russ is very good at getting his primary pass catchers involved. There's a reason that both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett had at times wide receiver one upside because Russ would get them both very much involved, even though they were very different receivers who did very different things. I also think, as you mentioned, I mean, if the the Seahawks or the, the Broncos rather feel comfortable now with what they have at quarterback, and they should, uh, maybe we see Judy as more of a downfield threat. Maybe it's not just a lot of short stuff, dumping it off and letting him use has his athletic ability to get downfield. So I think both these guys can prosper, but because I think Judy is a better receiver, and obviously he's a couple years younger, I think that gives him more of the upside. But you know, if, if you're out there and you're of a mind to draft Cortland Sutton, do it. I, I, you know, I, I think this helps him. I think this helps, uh, you know, if KJ Hamler can get back on the field, T- Tim Patrick, when he's out there, I think this sort of helps all those guys uh, in there. Also, the other guy that, that I thought really helps, and I want to get your thoughts on this, Noah Fant's gone, Albert Okuye Boonham. Everybody learn how to say that name. Or just call him Albert O, fine, if you don't want to learn the whole name. But, but learn that name because I feel like with what we saw in Seattle and the way Russ used his tight ends there, um, look, there's a reason we kept, we kept trying to make Will Disley a thing because they kept using their tight ends. Albert O, now with Noah Fant in Seattle, seems like he's got some sleeper potential this year. Completely agree. I, I, I saw a lot of people yesterday uh, declaring him like a tight end one. I'm not ready to do that because yeah, that's a little rich. <laughs> these are these are these are bad words to say, Marcus. Tight end is a little bit deeper than it has been in recent <laughs> years. I'm not saying it's super deep and all of a sudden you 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 could wait on the position or anything like that. But it's not like there's only like six good options like it was a couple of years ago. You know, in the back end of the tight end ones, you got guys like Dawson Knox and uh, I still have Rob Gronkowski in the top 12 in case he decides to return. Uh, Dalton Schultz, Dallas Goddard, all would still be ahead of him for me. So uh, I think he's more of like a high end tight end two. Uh, but I think he has the upside and the capability of finishing as a tight end one in this offense. I just wouldn't want to pay that price on draft day, but I like the idea of pairing him up. Like, say if you do wait on tight end, like, I think he's a, a type of guy that you could take as your second tight end in the later rounds because of the upside that he brings. We know maybe it was a Seattle thing, but we know Russell Wilson has always heavily involved his tight end in the red zone. And and as for the receivers, Marcus, like, I, I think both of them could be top 20 uh, in, in this offense, kind of like how DK and Lockett has been. I'm I'm pretty bullish for this uh, Denver offense all around. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was the one thing that, that we all kept saying. I mean, not just you and I, but I think people across the fantasy landscape is that this offense was a quarterback away from really taking off. So now they've got their guy. And uh, you know, I'll be honest, Russell Wilson now is not the same quarterback he was, you know, three, four, five years ago. Um, but he's still very good, uh, and, and that can be enough to, I think, kickstart this offense and get all those wide receivers that we've been fawning over the last few years, get them going, and make them super fantasy relevant and, uh, and make them super productive. Um, another guy that potentially benefits, and I, I saw you tweet about this, with Russ now in Denver, um, and, and you were sort of looking at their, their salary cap situation, you mentioned that there may not be enough to you know, keep Russ around and also to bring back Melvin Gordon. I know we already love Javante Williams. Are we going to are we going to be talking about having to reach into the late first round now to get Javante Williams after this? Yeah, I, I think if Melvin Gordon signs somewhere else, uh, I I think Javante Williams might go in the middle of the first round. Like I 
I, I tweeted this and I firmly believe it. If there's no Melvin Gordon there, I think Javante Williams is in play where he could finish as the overall RB1. I'm not going to rank him as that. Uh, I'm not going to put him ahead of Jonathan Taylor or Austin Eckler or, or Derrick Henry. But it is in the realm of possibilities, in my opinion. The only thing I... I I feel like we're all kind of hoping that this happens, myself included. And like Melvin Gordon could still return. Uh, that I I keep going back and forth on this, Marcus. I think if he was to leave and go elsewhere, because he's a running back who I think it would be smart for him to try to make as much money as he can while he can. But let's say he decides to take a team deal. I mean, Melvin Gordon and Russell Wilson did play one year in college together. Uh, he apparently loves it in Denver. If that happens, I still think Javante Williams is the lead back next year, but he is far from a first-rounder. But I think people will still hype him up as one because that's how much hype he's got. So for me, a lot is hinging on the decision of whatever decision Melvin Gordon makes. So Melvin Gordon will be 29 uh, in about a month. Um, So he hasn't quite hit the dreaded age of 30. Uh, And you figure... All things considered, he doesn't have that much wear and tear on him because you look at his career, he has never been a true workhorse back. He's always been somewhere where there's another guy, right? I mean, there was there was Danny Woodhead at first when he got to San Diego, then they moved to LA and there was Austin Eckler, and then he, you know, he gets to Denver and there's Philip Lindsay and and now there's Javante Williams. He's never been that guy that that a team has leaned on. His his career high in carries in 2017, he had 284 uh, with the with the Chargers, which actually coincidentally is his only thousand yard rushing season, which also sort of blows my mind. I would have figured he had at least another one in there somewhere, but no. Um, I think he's going to to try and see how much money he can get. Unfortunately, we know the the landscape for running backs is not great. Um, I wouldn't be totally surprised if maybe he does take a team friendly deal and comes back to Denver, which, you know, we've seen how this thing can work. So I don't think it's a total, uh, you know, totally a bad thing, but it does sort of depress the draft stock for Javante Williams. But I, you know, there's already so much hype around Williams. Uh, I'm curious to see where he lands. And I guess we're not going to totally know that until we kind of get through free agency and see what happens with Melvin Gordon. But I think this is a situation where Russ being here sort of lifts everybody up. Um, I think everybody's more excited about this offense because they've got, like I said, like they've got, the, they've got the quarterback, but that means that Seattle doesn't have its quarterback at the moment. It is drew Locke. So I guess the first question is, do you believe drew Locke's going to be the starter in week one or do the, the Seahawks go a different direction? As of right now, I, I feel like we could be looking at a camp battle between like Geno Smith and drew Locke or something like that, because Oof. every report seems to indicate that Seattle is not high enough on any of these quarterbacks to use now the pick number nine that they just got for Russ on a quarterback. If that's the case, I mean, free agency isn't that appealing either. Like if they don't get Jameis Winston or Mitchell Trubisky or Marcus Mariota, someone like that, uh, maybe a Teddy, like, but even that, like, I think all of those guys outside of Winston would likely compete with Drew Locke. I don't think any of them would just be handed the job. So as of right now, if you ask me, Drew Locke versus the field on who's the starter, I'm kind of <laughs> leaning towards Drew Locke. Yeah, you might be right. Um, you know, I know there was a lot. I know Seahawks Twitter was sort of trying to make itself feel better by by pivoting to Malik Willis 
hoping that you know with that number nine pick maybe they go after Willis and, and pair him up with those uh, those wide receivers there and see what happens um I will say this with Drew Locke at quarterback um the Seahawks I don't think they compete in the NFC West um you know we we, we know how good the Rams are obviously they're they're the defending Super Bowl champs uh the Cardinals are still a good team regardless of you know whatever social media things going on with Kyler although I guess he put the cards back on his Instagram now so it's all good now um Kyler and the Cardinals are our Instagram pals again. Uh, you know, the 49ers obviously were in the NFC championship game. Uh, the Seahawks with Drew Locke are a distant fourth, I think, in that division. Um, so then what does this mean for DK and, and Tyler Lockett? I mean, right now, I, I don't think they're wide receiver ones with, with Drew Locke. Are they top 15, top 20 wide receivers with Drew Locke? What, what do you feel about them? So when I, I did my early top 12, I had DK just outside of it. Um, and now he's going to fall a, a significant more than that. Top 12, I think he'll be like borderline top 20. Um, I, I'd rather have Jerry Judy. I, I'll tell you that right now. I, I, I feel pretty confident in that. The thing with DK, though, is I think at the end of the year, he will be a wide receiver two somewhere in that like wide receiver 13 through 24 range. Um I, I think it's going to be a roller coaster ride to get there because he is so talented. And Drew Locke, if he's the starter, whoever is the starter, they're going to take shots downfield. And the thing about Drew Locke is he does have a very strong arm. So I would expect a lot of overthrows, but a lot of shots <laughs> downfield to DK. And DK is good enough where he'll win some of those battles. He'll have the long touchdowns. So I think it'll be one of those things at the end of the year. He's a wide receiver too, but if you have him, it's... It's going to be a very up and down ride all year long. And then with Tyler Lockett, I'm more worried about Lockett than DK because DK is just like a physical freak, right? Like Tyler Lockett relied on route running and precision and timing. And I, I for years have said, I don't think there's a more efficient combination in the NFL than than Russell Wilson to Tyler Lockett. I mean, one year he, they had a perfect passer rating when targeting Tyler Lockett like that you just don't see that happening so I think he takes the uh the biggest value hit and I would value him more as a wide receiver three that I think will be boom or bust than anything else and Marcus I'm selfishly kind of hoping that Seattle just completely blows it up and trades these two I mean well that's the talk at least with Lockett is that you know maybe the Seahawks aren't done dealing uh and they they figure out you know some partner that they can trade Tyler Lockett to which uh, I know for for Seahawks fans, maybe is sort of a, a I don't know. I, I you know I've, I've seen some Seahawks fan who were sort of like you, just like let's just blow it up, let's just tear this thing down to the studs, and let's just rebuild it. Because the worst thing to do is end up in NFL purgatory, where you you know you miss the playoffs, but you also you know, don't have a high draft pick, or worse, you somehow squeak into the playoffs, lose in the first round, and still don't have a high draft pick. So uh, maybe it is in in the team's best interest, and I think for fantasy, maybe it is uh, in Lockett's best interest to uh, to not be there anymore but I, I'm sort of with you the DK I think can find a way to at least be semi-productive I'm not sure what happens uh with with Drew Locke and Tyler Lockett if that thing's going to work out so well so maybe it is for for everybody's best interest to to sort of move on here um yeah this was a lot <laughs> I'm still <laughs> I'm still sort of processing what what all this means uh from a football standpoint, and I'm, I'm not the first person to say this, the Broncos kind of went all in on this, right? Like, if this doesn't work, 
um, people are going to get fired. Like, I still tell you, like, if this doesn't work, the amount of assets that Denver has given up, uh, if this doesn't work, people get fired. And I don't know, as you look at this, is this, is this Super Bowl or bust? Is this AFC championship? What constitutes success, do you think, with, with this Russell Wilson deal? Uh, see, for me, I, I view it a little different. Like, I, I don't like to in, – in a conference as stacked as the AFC, I think it's impossible to say Super Bowl or bust because there's, like, six teams that are probably saying that coming into to this season. I think if, if Denver over the next, you know, four or five years are, are in it every single year uh, and they're competitive and Russell Wilson, you know, doesn't, like, fall off a cliff and they're in the Super Bowl picture every year – I think you could say it was a success. I, I know a lot of people say a ring or bus or it doesn't work out. For me, I think it's harder to have sustained success in sports. And that is ultimately what you you strive for because once you get there, anything could happen. So uh, I, I think they obviously the hope is that this leads to a Super Bowl for everyone involved. Uh, but I, I like I would much rather be the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks right now. Like I think. This I, I I might be in the minority here, but I feel like the Broncos kind of won this trade because for we were gonna just continue to say they're wasting their window if they don't upgrade the quarterback position. We've seen teams do this recently and it's worked out. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't with them, but I I think we I'd always rather my team go for it than just kind of sit there in football purgatory, like you said. No, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, I definitely think the the Broncos, at least as we sit here, you know, on this Wednesday, um, they got the better end of this because they are in position right now to go chase some success on the field. Um, I mean, look, I'll say this uh, anecdotally, right? The last two Super Bowl champions went out and made a big move for a quarterback before the season started. Two years ago, it was the Bucks bringing in Tom Brady. Um, last year, it was the Rams making a deal for Matthew Stafford. Both those teams go on and win a Super Bowl. I'm not saying that the Broncos are going to go and win the Super Bowl, but they are trying to follow that blueprint of, uh, of going all in and, and you know, sacrificing draft picks and getting their quarterback um, and seeing if they can use that to kind of get themselves over the hump. Uh, I, I will say, though, as you mentioned, the AFC – loaded loaded at quarterback loaded with good teams i mean they still got to figure out how to get over the chiefs maybe the chargers certainly the bills certainly the uh, the bengals all sitting right there you know waiting for another super bowl opportunity so the broncos will have their work cut out for them no doubt um so with russ out of the nfc uh you know that does sort of thin the herd a little bit but uh, one guy's coming back and it's aaron Rodgers. I guess first first thing, I mean, he signs a four-year, $200 million contract extension, which is a hell of a way to get canceled. Uh, I need to be canceled like that. Um, I'll get canceled for that much. Seriously, absolutely. Uh, were you surprised, I guess, first question, were you surprised to see Aaron Rodgers come back to Green Bay? Um, I think if you asked me, like, right, and we could go back on this podcast, right after they got eliminated uh, <laughs> against the Niners in the playoffs, I was like, yeah, this might be the end. But the more that time kind of went on, it felt more and more like he was going to end up back in Green Bay, especially since the other team that we were hearing was the Denver Broncos. As good as a roster as I think Denver has, I think you look at the paths to a Super Bowl, it's clearly much easier for the Packers in the NFC. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because Aaron Rodgers seems to love courting drama nowadays and, and letting us think that he's going to do other things that, that he's not. Um, it did seem like after a while, this was the only logical conclusion that somehow he was going to come back to Green Bay. Uh, you know, media. he was he was angry that his thunder got <laughs> stolen from him. He was angry that his thunder because because after the, you know, the the announcement happened about his deal, then the Russell Wilson trade happened, and then you see Aaron Rodgers tweeting about uh, how hey, you know, by the way, this isn't completely accurate, and I uh, I haven't really signed. Like, okay, bro, sit down, dude. Has- you you've had enough attention <laughs> the last two years. <laughs> Seriously, your moment has passed. Uh, this is somebody <laughs> else. We're talking about somebody else right now. Uh, okay, but now that he's back, uh, QB, what, five, six, higher, lower? Where, where do you have him? So when I did my early uh, quarterback rankings about two weeks ago, I, I landed with him at QB seven, but I might move him up a bit. Like Josh Allen, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, those are lock in as my top three. I, I still had Kyler Murray ahead of him at four, uh, but then I had Lamar Jackson and Joe Burrow. Just ahead of him, uh, I, I'm starting to think I might already put Rodgers ahead of Burrow uh, because uh, that was my biggest concern with Rodgers was like if he changes teams or something like that. But also the thing about Aaron Rodgers is he doesn't run it all anymore. In the last two years, he's been uber efficient when it comes to throwing touchdowns. So even if his touchdown percent was to regress closer to his career norm, he can't really make up for it in other aspects like the other quarterbacks can. That's the only reason I have him behind them. But I think anywhere uh, for me from five to seven is the right spot for Aaron Rodgers. I think that's about right. Um, you know, I, you know, he always has the potential to end as the QB one, but I don't think I don't think he has the overall uh, upside to draft him as the QB one. I mean, I still think that's going to be Josh Allen when it's all said and done. But I think if you are able to get him as as the you know fifth or sixth quarterback off the board somewhere in the what fifth round, sixth round probably is where it's going to happen. Um, I think that's a safe spot to get him, knowing that you're going to you know unless something drastic happens, you're going to get some good production uh, out of him year after year. Uh, so then this means not not long after Rogers' uh, announcement was made. The announcement came that the Packers were franchise tagging Devontae Adams, which is maybe the least surprising thing that's going to happen in this entire free agent period. Uh, so now that he's back, now that Rodgers is back, and they're going to have the last last dance again the last time for one more go-around. Um, so we're g- we're going to get a 20-part documentary is what it's you're gonna saying. Be, yeah, it's going to be. It's going to be insufferable. Um, is Devontae still the wide receiver one in drafts now? I have him as the wide receiver two behind just Cooper Cup, but really, I I think it's a 1A, 1B situation. Like, if anyone was like, hey, Devontae Adams is my wide receiver one, I I wouldn't blink an eye. If anyone said Cooper Cup is theirs, I I wouldn't blink an eye. Like, the only reason I'm giving this slight edge to Cooper Cup is he finished nearly 100 points higher uh, than Devontae Adams did this past year, but Devontae Adams has lapped the field uh, in previous years. So, for me... I think those two are are the clear top two receivers who I think you could consider taking as as early as the first overall pick. Not saying I would, but I think they're in play there this year. Um, but yeah, so I, I expect both Cup and and Adams to go in like the first half of first round drafts. I I think these guys are going to go really early, and you're right. Whichever one you take, you're going to be fine. Like there's, there's a, it's a no lose situation for you there, regardless of which of these wide receivers you take. Uh, I do want to get the thoughts of our resident Packer fan though. Uh, Randy, uh, our 
By the way, shout out to Justin, who uh, did a great job on this show. They have moved him on to uh, other things. We uh, we don't rate quite as, quite as highly, I think, as Rachel Bonetta, who, no shade, love Rachel. She's great. Uh, so Justin's over there doing big things. We have Randy. We're excited about Randy. Welcome to the show, man. You are, you are our resident Packer fan, so I want to get your thoughts. I mean, when you heard, how did you feel? How are you feeling now about 24 hours later? What, what are the thoughts? You have to speak now for all of Packer Nation about how they feel about Aaron Rodgers coming back. Right, yeah. I mean, like, to be a Packer fan, you have to be optimistic. And so, I mean, that's just kind of a part of being a fan, you know. So when he got that extension, you know, the, the general consensus is we're happy, we're we're good for him. He deserves it, you know, right? I mean, like he he's been playing lights out. He deserves the extension. But then once you know all the the dust sort of settles, you you kind of think about it, and it's like, okay, well, this also means that we might be losing some other assets. You know, it's like the defense is losing a couple people, and then also we're losing some receivers. But like you know, so you even mentioned yourself about some of these other QBs that are going to these good teams and these past two Super Bowl champions. Like Wilson's going to a team that's already pretty well established. Whereas the Packers seem to be losing more people. Like we're probably gonna lose Lazard. We're probably gonna lose Valdez Scantling. And it's just and and so like when it comes to the Packers, it's like it's not even about adding someone adding some better players. It's it's adding people who are going to mesh well with Rodgers. Like the reason why Adams is is so great on our team is because him and Rodgers have a chemistry. And you can see throughout the season that some of these receivers sort of built this relationship with him and he feels like he almost trusts them. But then it's like, okay, well, if we're losing half of the guys that he has a relationship with. That means we're bringing new guys in, and we're, then they have to create a relationship, and then we have to like you know start almost from the ground up. So, uh, on one account, I'm happy because he's he's an awesome quarterback, and even though he does have some drama with it, but I'm also being a little bit more realistic here because it's like, well, by re-signing him, we might also be taking a step back because, like you mentioned, the NFC is not that stacked. It's him, and then Kyler Murray for the first half of the season. Maybe Stafford <laughs> and then Prescott if the Cowboys don't implode on themselves. But then the, you know, so it's who knows. I, I'm excited. I'm happy. But at the same time, it's like I'm trying to be real, realistic with myself because every year it's the same thing where it's like, this is the year. We're going to get it this year. We're going to figure it out this year. And then every year it ends up with us doing some catastrophic meltdown. So, but. I mean, so that was the thing I thought about too, right? Obviously, it's, I understand the excitement, right? You have the yeah. guy who is who is arguably the best quarterback in the league. He's coming back to your team for four more years, you know. But also, ostensibly, as you mentioned, like nothing has nothing else around it has improved. This is the same team essentially that you know that that basically lost in the first round as a one seed that seems to get to the NFC Championship game and stub its toe. But as you mentioned, they may not be able to keep all the same pieces around. So for all the excitement of having Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I do wonder when, you know, when, when the hangover hits, right? When, when, when the, the fun of being drunk of this, this contract wears off, uh, do Packer fans look around and be like, eh, maybe, maybe we sacrifice too much. I'm just wondering. Yeah. Because you know, we're losing Douglas, Russell Douglas, more like most likely gone. I'm being realistic here. I don't think we're bringing back any of the Smiths on the defense. Dean Lowry may be on his way out. You know, uh, Adrian Amos might you have, might have to make a decision there, and then on the the offensive side with Runyon, you know, Runyon might be gone too, and he's fresh off an ACL injury anyways. So regardless of whether he comes back or not, his season, uh, his first season back might be a little, you know, might be a little choppy because he's coming back from such a big injury. So you can't help but but question and, and wonder yourselves: Are we actually going to be good, or are we just going to be like NFC good? Because it seems like the <laughs> by far is way more stacked, way more competitive. 
way harder to win in. I just don't want to have this thing all year where we've convinced ourselves that we're super good, we're the best, and all it ends up being is that we're just we're just NFC good. We're not AFC good from what it seems like. So, um, If you guys don't make it to the Super Bowl this year, I mean – it's all on Aaron Rodgers at this yeah, point. Yeah, 100%. I agree a, a thousand percent. And I feel so bad for Jordan Love because it, it seemed like a lot of fans for a second had kind of like shifted their focus. They're like, okay, it's J-Lo season. We're ready. Let's do it. You know, and then Aaron Rodgers resigns. And so we're, we're, you know, we're excited. But at the same time, we're still a little confused because we're losing so many other key parts of our offense. And now with Russell Wilson leaving and going to the Broncos, it's like this is this seems like – Literally, it seems like the same recipe of the last two Super Bowl champions in which a quarterback who a lot of people thought was washed up and then have, you know, there was no potential for them to ever win, goes to a team that literally all they needed was that last key piece being a quarterback and then takes him to the promised land. And that's what it honestly feels like. If I'm being completely real with you, it feels like Russell Wilson is that final piece for the Broncos because the Broncos were already a well-established team. And as we mentioned, like with the Packers, it's like, yeah, Rodgers is great. You know, re-signing Adams is fantastic, but we're also going to be losing so many different parts, and it seems like we're going to have to rely on bargain bin free agents, and fingers crossed we draft some pretty decent uh, players, you know? So, I, again, I'm excited, but I'm trying my best to be realistic and not <laughs> get my hopes up too much. It, well, it kind uh, of reminds me of when in the NBA when, like, the East was LeBron and no one else, and it yep. was like, all right, well, yeah. he's going to be in the like, – like, this is it. If the Packers aren't in the Super Bowl this year, and it's then. and it's a perfect example of LeBron because LeBron, not to talk too much about basketball, but LeBron would essentially control the team and the moves they would make. And whenever LeBron would leave, he would essentially leave that team in shambles. And mm -hmm. so now you have the Packers who are losing these guys, and it's like, okay, well, once Rodgers leaves, what shape are we going to be in? Because we've already paid a lot to uh, to you know um, uh, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams is getting a big payday. And then, you know, on the defensive side, you've got Javier Alexander and you've got a couple other guys who are probably going to make some good money. And, you know, we're going to probably try to re-sign Campbell because Campbell was a great signing. So, I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> <laughs> – I, okay, I, I'm going I'm to let you go back because it seems like you have talked yourself into a mild depression at this point. So <laughs> but see, that's the part of being a Packers fan, though. It's like, it's like you get really excited and then, like, halfway through what – like, so, you know, as a Packer fan, you start talking about all the good things and then halfway through talking about the good things, you realize – oh, wait a second, there actually are some bad things in this. And so in, <laughs> in the middle of it, you kind of had like almost like an existential crisis of like, okay, well, yeah, we just got the best quarterback back, but at what cost? And are we ever going to win a Super Bowl? I don't know. So oh, excited, so but realistic. I'm sorry to have hastened your uh, your Rogers hangover. <laughs> I apologize for that. But I uh, appreciate your insight, though. <laughs> oh, thanks, guys. <laughs> oh, man. All right, so there you go. That's, uh, that's the whole Aaron Rodgers thing in a very large nutshell. Um there are other news headlines that actually happened the last couple of days. Uh, Chargers signed Mike Williams, three years, $60 million, so he is not going to hit free agency. Um, I mean, not much to say about that, though. I know you like Mike Williams. I know he's been sort of up and down, but he stays in, in Los Angeles with Justin Herbert, and that seems like a pretty good thing for him. Yeah, wide receiver, too. And, and I think what the Chargers did here is genius because they had a bunch of cap and, and Justin Herbert's on his rookie contract. They front-loaded that deal so much – that he's making like half his money in year one, which I, I just think is genius. Yeah, no, absolutely. There are look, I, I will admit to not being a salary cap genius. There are people out there who are good at it, and that's that's why they work in NFL front offices, and that's why we sit here and do a podcast about fake football. Um, 
Uh, since we're talking about signings, let's talk about some franchise tag news that hit. Chris Godwin got hit with the franchise tag in Tampa. Dalton Schultz in Dallas. Mike Gasicki uh, is not going to be leaving Miami. David Njoku is staying in Cleveland, which sort of leads me to believe that maybe Austin Hooper, uh, I don't know what's going to happen with him because they don't have a really easy out unless they're going to try to trade him or something. I'm not quite sure. Um, any of these guys get you really excited for next year? I mean, like, is David Njoku finally the post-hype breakout guy that we've been waiting on? Any, anything here that really stands out to you? Uh, what, what stands out to me the most is Dalton Schultz. Uh, I, I have him as my tight end six in my early rankings after the elite, like, big five. Um, I, I think with the reports that they're going to move on from Amari Cooper, with the fact that we're hearing that they're going to bring back Michael Gallup, but... Who knows if he's going to be ready to start the year and, and if and when he returns, who knows how long it's going to take him to get to 100%. I think Dalton Schultz will be the number two target for the Cowboys. I also really like uh, the Mike Gusecki signing. He's been a big supporter of Tua. I'm excited to see what Mike McDaniels uses with his talent. I like Njoku, but like you said, Hooper's there. And sadly, Godwin seems like someone I'm going to be out on next year. QB downgrade. Torres ACL late in the year. Uh, a lot of concern there, but I feel like because he's Chris Godwin, people are still going to take him pretty early. Yeah, so much of Godwin to me really depends on who the quarterback is going to be. And I mean, to this point, I don't think we've had any real glimpses into what the Bucks are going to do. Um, you know, you mentioned free agency is, you know, has sort of already dried up at the quarterback position. Um, I mean, unless they make a run at Trubisky, but I haven't heard their name attached. Which, side note, Mike Mitchell Trubisky is going to get the bag from somebody. Uh, I I heard nothing but but hype about Mitch Trubisky for like the last two weeks. He is going to get the bag from somebody, and he's going to be a starter. Um, and I still think he's just going to be kind of mid. <laughs> I don't know. Last year, no, he got two and a half million last year. No one wanted him, and now people are are going to be fighting over this guy. And he yeah. did nothing to change. Like nothing he didn't play happened. at all. <laughs> nothing happened. Uh, but for whatever reason, people are big. They're back on the Trubisky bandwagon. So uh, go figure. Uh, I do like Gasicki. I, I'm just, I think I'm going to be very interested in this Dolphins offense this year uh, with Mike Same. McDaniel there. Um, you know, they've, he's already hyped up Jalen Waddle. He seems to be a great interviewer. I mean, he's just, he seems to be funny in press conferences. So, um, you know, that. I know that doesn't translate to fantasy points, but at least keeps me interested uh, and makes me want to learn more about what this Dolphins team is going to be. So I think Gasicki has some potential and Schultz. Uh, I think as, if he's not quite in the uh, upper tier of tight ends, he's pretty close to it. And, uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious to see how the, the Cowboys offense works. Um, last piece of news, and this is the one that happened early in the week uh, that has since been kind of overshadowed because of everything that happened on Tuesday. Calvin Ridley suspended through at least the 2022 season for betting on NFL games. Now, uh, according to reports, the bets were placed. He was not with the team. He was not active. This is after he had taken his leave uh, to, to work on his mental health issues. But uh, he, did put to, he did put down some bets on NFL games, which is completely verboten. Uh, and look, this is a guy who missed pretty much all of last year. Now is going to miss all of next year. Um, I guess the, the simple question is, what is his future? Like, I don't think he's done in the NFL, but right now, uh, it, it just seems very cloudy about what could be for Calvin Ridley. Yeah, I mean, it, it's very murky at best. If you asked me like a year or two ago, I was like, this guy's on the trajectory to, I don't know if Hall of Fame receiver, but like w one of the better receivers in the NFL, I, I would 
view him as. And last year was was just a lost year for him. And now he's going to lose this year, his age 28 year season. He, he came into the league a little bit older as well, which means that even when he returns, his window to to get paid and, and to, you know, really be a high-end receiver is going to be much shorter. So I, I do think we see him back in the NFL. I don't think we ever see him play a game with the Falcons again. Uh, I already thought he was going to be moved. Like, literally an hour before he got suspended, I tweeted that outside of Devontae Adams, I would put Calvin Ridley there with any of the receivers that could be on the move this offseason, and I was going to draft him a bunch in fantasy. So I was very excited for him. Uh, and, and now for the Falcons, Marcus, I, I'm thinking they have to get another receiver, whether it be in free agency or the draft. Like you, you need to get Kyle Pitts some help. But I think Kyle Pitts is their wide receiver one. He kind of is, um, but I do think they go out and they get somebody else. I mean, you know, they've got some nice complimentary pieces, but nobody that I think can really step up and fill that void uh, for Ridley. I think they need to do it. They need to do it for Kyle Pitts in order to help him. They need to do it for Matt Ryan or whoever their quarterback is going to be. I mean, you know, Ryan has been a good quarterback for a long time, but obviously uh, he's going to be 37 next year. He is near the, nearing the end of his career. He's going to need help. So I think whoever, you know, whatever they do, they've got to find somebody who can sort of fill in the gap there uh, for, for Calvin Ridley now that he's gone. The other part of the story, and I know that you know when it hit, there was obviously a lot of chatter on Twitter about it, on social media in general. And I know a lot of people were saying, one, like, what's the big deal? He wasn't, he wasn't with the team. Uh, that doesn't work. I think, I think um, you cannot, cannot have players gambling on their own sport. There's just no way. Even if, even if he was betting on other teams, uh, even if he wasn't doing anything with the Falcons, the the appearance that you have players who you know do have some knowledge of the game of game plans who have connections with other players within the league that is something that cannot happen um i know it's easy to sort of pick on the nfl for its stance on gambling the fact that the league was very hands-off about it a couple years ago and i mean mike let's be honest when the nfl decided they could make a pretty penny off of it you know has been a lot cozier to gambling i know people who watch our shows uh, who watch the network, who watch football in general. You know, you can't watch sports without seeing a gambling ad. Uh, we, do, we do segments that are sponsored by DraftKings. Um, we are very much tied into it. Uh, there is room to criticize the NFL for that. This is not that. This is very, very different. I will say if there's a parallel, it's, you know, the, the allegations that you have owners who are maybe paying coaches to lose games that I think is on par, and I think that is very much up for criticism. Um, and we'll see whether or not, you know, I know there's a, the lawsuit with Brian Flores against the Dolphins, and we'll see what what becomes of that. I think that's closer to the whole Calvin Ridley thing. But um, in terms of players gambling on their own sport, that to me is just that seems like an easy red line. Like you know, you cannot, cannot, cannot do that. And I don't know about you, I'm actually okay with a one year suspension for Calvin Ridley at this point. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with it if they dialed it back a little bit to like half a year or something like that. But I I like they had to. It's one of those things where like you have to come down hard the first time it happens. I think to prevent it from happening again and again and again. Um, the the only good thing I thought that came because this was awful all around. Uh, was we did get some entertainment by watching Calvin Ridley legitimately try to tweet through <laughs> tweet it. tweet through it, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, somebody's got to 
So somebody should have taken his phone away from him. But it was, <laughs> it was sort of music. You know, I will say that too. For the, I know people feel like you're not the only one who says maybe a year was a lot. I I immediately thought in my head, and I I went to Google this just to make sure I was right. Uh, Paul Horning, back in the, the mid '60s, uh, running back for the Green Bay Packers. Um, one of the biggest stars in the NFL at the time. He and Alex Karras, who was a lineman for the Detroit Lions, who, by the way, people of my generation probably know Alex Karras more as either Mongo from Blazing Saddles or George Papadopoulos from the sitcom Webster. Uh, but they both got suspended for, I think, 11 months uh, because they were found guilty of betting on games. So there is precedent for something like this. Um, and like I said, if it, if it can happen to a guy who was as big as Paul Horning was at the time, um, Calvin Ridley probably isn't going to escape anything like that. So, um, all right. That was a hefty block. Uh, I need to take a break cause I need to just like breathe for a second. And then, uh, you can listen to, you know, some ads probably there may even be one for DraftKings in here. I have no idea. Uh, but we'll take a break. Come back with more on the NFL fantasy football show. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snag a Job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. You can work from the road while turning your vehicle into a powerful high-speed data Wi-Fi hotspot with AT&T in-car Wi-Fi. On a network that covers more roads than any other carrier. Connect up to 10 devices and stream conference calls. Finish up that presentation or answer last-minute emails. Go to att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to see if you're eligible for a free trial today. Based on independent third-party data, always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. 
Had enough of those supplements that leave you feeling nothing? Symbiotica is your solution to great tasting all natural supplements that actually work. Crafted with premium plant based ingredients, their products have no seed oils, fillers, or artificial nonsense. It's just pure goodness in every pouch. Try them out and actually feel the difference today. Visit symbiotica.com and use code IHEART for 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Again, that's 15% off plus free shipping on your subscription order. Go to symbiotica.com. That's C Y M B I O T I K A. Okay, so I had planned to do a quick combine wrap up and talk about some running back free agency fits. Let's do that. We're, you know, about 40 minutes or so into this podcast and we haven't even gotten to the thing that I had planned to talk about. So I appreciate y'all hanging in here. This was always going to be a beast of a show with all the news that happened on Monday and Tuesday. So now uh, here we go. Combine. Uh, My takeaway from it is that everybody is really fast. (laughs) Um, like there were a ton of forties that were incredibly fast. I think as a group, I think the wide receivers, I think the running backs, uh, let me look at the running backs, wide receivers, offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, and, uh, defensive backs were the fastest groups ever, which as I'm looking at this pretty much encompasses everybody except like the quarterbacks, apparently quarterbacks didn't get faster, but literally every other position on the field did, which good luck quarterbacks. Then I guess if everybody's trying to chase you down, um, Everybody was really fast. You had groups, position groups that didn't do certain drills. I think the wide receivers mostly didn't do the three cone. I think the running backs in total didn't do the three cone. Did we learn anything from this combine, this year's combine, do you think? Uh, I, I don't think we learned a, a whole lot. I, I think we, we had pr- some priors, I think, maybe confirmed. Like, we learned that. Brees Hall, I would say, is the number one running back in this class. And and I don't really think it's that close. I think we learned that, like, Traylon Burks, Garrett Wilson, uh, I, I know London Drake didn't participate in all of it. But we learned that, like, those high-end receivers that we've been talking up for a couple months now, they're all going to be the first receivers off the board. I, I think one of the bigger winners, too, uh, of the combine was someone who really didn't fully participate, and it was Malik Willis. Like, he looked good throwing the ball. I know he didn't run at all. I'm, I'm waiting for his pro day to see if he participates there. Um, but, like, every report from – since the Senior Bowl, every report that has come out about Malik Willis is how, how impressive he is as a young man and, and how well he knows the offense and how strong of a grasp teams feel like he would have on a new offense. So – and then we see him doing off the field, like, good, like, just humanitarian acts like so to me it was already the big name players I I think a lot of them just kind of cemented themselves as like hey we are going to be the first ones at our position taken yeah that's kind of how I felt um I mean I think I think the biggest video to come out of the combine was when you mentioned Malik Willis outside of Lucas Oil Stadium just helping someone out on a street corner um you know and and somebody you know Willis not knowing it, you know, he was being recorded watching, you know, people watching him help somebody out. Um, that was like kind of the most striking video about the combine. I, 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 I just wonder, and I don't have an answer to this, but I, I do wonder if the league putting it in prime time and knowing that, you know, for the, a lot of the athletes, it makes your day longer. So you have, you know, you show up and maybe you bench press and maybe you do interviews and then you have a wait and then you run and then you wait and then you do drills. Uh, I wonder whether or not that has, you know, had a lot of the athletes that kind of you know, pass on doing some of the drills, uh, whether it is just that guys feel more comfortable doing stuff at their own pro days. Um, 
the combine has always been sort of, I think, an abstract thing. And I think it is something that that either confirms a lot of priors or, uh, you know, really enforces a lot of, of biases. But uh, I, I do feel like this year, um, maybe it just wasn't as uh, cut and dry uh, as it has been in past years. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk some more Dynasty stuff. Uh, you know, still want to get our pal Matt Okada on. I want to get some other folks out there that are in the Dynasty space, kind of get their thoughts on it and, and what they thought about some of these guys. And, and we'll definitely do that uh, as we go along. We still got, what, six, eight weeks until the draft. So we'll, yeah. uh, we'll certainly dive into that uh, before too long. Have you started putting together rookie rankings at all yet? I, I will admit that I have not yet. I'm going to do that very soon. Have you, have you done that? Uh, no, I'm, I'm still in the process of, of, you know, because all year long we're so involved in the, the NFL world, it's yeah. hard to, to learn all about the college players. So it's really after the Super Bowl that I uh, start to really dive in. So I, I kind of know how I'm going to rank the high-end guys. Mm-hmm. It's now the lower people in the class that I, I have to start uh, diving deeper into. And also, I think with a lot of those players, landing spot greatly matters because... I, I loved Amon Ross St. Brown last year solely because he landed. I liked right. his talent, but then I liked his landing spot a lot too. Like Tyler Johnson is always the example we use. We all <laughs> liked his talent, right? But then he landed in a spot where he wasn't going to get playing time for two years. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I'm curious, especially the running backs too, because uh, there is a lot of serious talk that we may not see a running back drafted um, in round one. Even when you go through mock drafts, not a lot of fantasy-relevant players coming off the board in mock drafts in the first round. You get a handful of wide receivers. You get a couple of quarterbacks. Uh, but this may not be a fantasy-heavy NFL draft this year. So uh, we'll be we, curious to see where these rookies go. Makes me think that we could see rookies overvalued this year because of how good yeah. – like last year's class was way better than this year's at every fantasy position, I would argue. So like we might see rookies overvalued this year just because people – want this year's Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts right. or something like that. And it's like, those guys don't exist. No, I'm, you know, look, Kyle Pitts, there's a reason we kept calling him the unicorn, right? These dudes don't come around very often. If we saw unicorns all the time, they, they wouldn't be special. So, <laughs> um, all right. We, we were talking fantasy free agency fits because that starts uh, actually a week from today is the uh, official beginning of the new league year. Now, I think the, the legal tampering period, uh, begins on Monday, so that's when we'll start to know about a lot of these deals. But things can't officially be signed until Wednesday, which, by the way, also applies uh, to the Russell Wilson trade. It cannot be official until Wednesday. Uh, plus, Wilson has to actually officially lift his no-trade clause. These all seem like formalities. It's probably going to happen. Um, but when we talked about that trade with the Broncos, we did talk about Melvin Gordon and what's going to happen with him. He is technically headed toward free agency, we speculated maybe he takes a better deal to maybe come back or better deal for the team to come back to Denver, maybe. Uh, or do you think he chases a bag and tries to go somewhere where he can finally be a true number one running back? I, I can't. I, I still think Denver is in play for him, but I, I don't think they'll offer him as much money as maybe some other teams will. I, I keep thinking Seattle for some reason, like, I want to see Rashad Penny get an opportunity, uh, but they already have Carson on contract. They have Penny, who they could bring back. Both of those guys have missed so much time due to injury. I think you pair one of them with, like, a Melvin Gordon. You get, like, I I think, like, Penny and Melvin Gordon would be a really nice duo because uh, Penny looks great at the end of last year. He's clearly got a lot of burst and, and explosiveness. And then 
you bring in like a durable, reliable option in Melvin Gordon, like those two on a team that I think is going to try to run the ball a bunch now without Russell Wilson. I just keep thinking that that is a team that has cap space, uh, likes to establish the run and could make a nice duo. Like if they decide to move on from Chris Carson because he just hasn't been able to stay on the field, I think Penny and, and Gordon would make a nice duo. I mean, you know, the, the idea of him going to, Seattle is not ridiculous. Uh, you know, I did see a lot of jokes about how Pete Carroll will establish the run like he never has before uh, because uh, you know, because they don't have Russell Wilson anymore. Um, maybe throw Miami into the mix too. Um, you know, they've got a lot of cap space, and look, Miles Gaskin is kind of a nice piece. But you talk about a guy who hasn't really been able to stay healthy. They have cycled through a lot of running backs down there. Um, you know, Gordon. Not a terrible pass catcher. Uh, maybe he's somebody that sort of works into what McDaniels wants to do. Uh, you know, obviously we know how effective the 49ers have been at running the football over the last few years. So maybe maybe Miami could be a nice landing spot for Melvin Gordon uh, if he decides not to come back to Denver uh, next season. Um, I paired Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones together just because they're obviously coming from the same backfield. Uh, I did see an Instagram post from Fournette where – it sounded like he's all but gone. I mean, he basically was thanking his teammates for, you know, all of their support in his time there and how he really gave it his all uh, every time he stepped on the field in Tampa. Just just to read it, it sounded like a farewell post from from Leonard Fournette. So is he gone? Does Rojo come back? Are the Bucks without either of these guys heading into next season? I, I I thought Fournette would be the more likely one of the two to return. He's kind of become like a, a fan favorite there. And Ronald Jones was never in Bruce Arians' good graces since <laughs> Bruce Arians got the job there. Uh, so, but if, if he does move on from the Bucks, he like like the Cardinals make sense, but they don't have a bunch of cap. I know people have mentioned the Bills, but they don't have a bunch of cap space. So The one I'm thinking, Eagles? Because the Eagles haven't really seemed too committed to Miles Sanders. Sanders could kind of become the second back. You, I, I think more and more teams are going to want to have two reliable backs uh, there, especially with the extra game now and and all of that. So the Eagles are one that, that I think kind of makes sense. Running backs, for me, are harder to kind of peg in free agency than receivers because – all of team, a lot of teams have a a at least a solid running back on their roster, so it's a little bit harder to find some fits there. Uh, but those are all teams that I think could use a running back upgrade. Yeah, it's funny too because a lot of the teams that have uh, significant cap space, they do have a good running back, so that's not really going to be an issue. I, I guess the other part of it though is because of the way teams have viewed running backs, you don't necessarily have to have a lot of cap space. Um, because you're not breaking the bank to bring in a running back. I am sort of curious what happens in Carolina, because in the last day or so, there have been rumors that the Panthers are interested in dealing Christian McCaffrey. That opens up a lot of, of salary, potentially, if they're able to move on from him. Um, but it also leaves them very much in need of a running back. Do they maybe try to trade Christian McCaffrey, get some draft picks, uh, and then go for a lower-priced option on the free agency market or maybe draft a rookie. I don't know, but um, I very much think Carolina could be in play for some teams. I have a feeling one of these guys is coming back. Maybe it's not Lenny, uh, or maybe it, maybe it is Lenny. Maybe, maybe this is just all premature. Maybe they finally move on from Rojo um, because Bruce Arians, as you mentioned, never seemed to really be a fan. 
Uh, maybe they bring back Lombardi Lenny and try to try to you know, load him up with opportunities uh, one more time. But I don't I don't think both of these guys are going to be back. It's a, it's a one Same. or the other situation there. Um, similarly, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson Jr. Both free agents in San Francisco. Uh, it seems like the 49ers have kind of figured out their backfield situation. I mean, I know it was a big loss when Mostert went down early in the season and then they lose Jeff Wilson, but Elijah Mitchell was very good. Obviously, Debo Samuel did an amazing job kind of as a hybrid player there. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if both these guys are somewhere else. Maybe one of them ends up in Miami back with, uh, with Mike McDaniel, I, but I don't think either of these guys come back to San Francisco next year. Me neither. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised if both of these two ended up in Miami with Mike McDaniel. They, they know his system. They fit that running system. And the other thing is they, mo- they both might sign for like the vet minimum or close to it. Like Jeff Wilson Jr., he's a good player, but he's not one that is going to demand a whole bunch of money. And Mostert would get more money, but he's been so hurt and, and so just limited these last couple of years that I don't think any team is going to really heavily invest. So I'm thinking at least one, maybe both of them ends up in Miami just because or maybe one ends up like backing up Elijah Mitchell, like Jeff Wilson maybe stays in San Fran and then Mostert goes to Miami. But I think these two are going to stay in the, the Shanahan coaching tree. I think so. Um, I mean, just Miami just seems like an easy transition for one or both of these guys. Um, I'm also curious. Maybe they do sign one of these guys in San Francisco just because uh, for all the things that Debo did that were amazing, do they want to keep using him that way and submitting him to punishment? Maybe they do. I mean, he's just a different kind of dude, right? He's built different. Um, But I also think they want to have more depth uh, at running back than they did last year. Um, Sonny Michel, who came over to the Rams in a trade, and look, Sonny Michel's not spectacular, right? Like, he doesn't blow anybody away, and in fantasy, he's not a guy that we're really just clamoring for that we have to have, but he is productive, and he's steady, and he's consistent. Um, I mean, I think if I'm the Rams, I'm trying to keep Sonny Michel in Los Angeles because you just never know what's going to happen with injuries. Last year, I think, was a good point. Uh, but if you're Sony Michelle, do you want to maybe get out of the shadow of Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson and see if you can find a spot where you can get more opportunities? I think he will. I think the Rams will definitely want to bring him back. He's the type of running back that, that I could see ending up in Buffalo. I'm not sure they're really going to break the bank for a starter, but I, I think like we could see like a Sony Michelle and, uh, Devin Singletary split backfield where Michelle would probably be the one getting the goal line carries and those short yard runs. Uh, but it, it prevents Singletary from taking all of those hits because they've been reluctant to give him a full workload unless it's, you know, late in the season last season. So I could see something like that. I could also see him being like uh, the new Mark Ingram with the Saints, something like that. Like, I, I think that is his role. Like, He's going to go to a team that has a starting running back, but not one that is going to command 300 touches, and then he'll be like that hammer to someone else's lightning. You think the Bills are are over Zach Moss? I think so. I I think it's just gone so poorly since they've taken – like, I think he's a talented player, but it I thought so at least. It just never translated to on-the-field production. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't. I Look, selfishly, because I like Devin Singletary, I was glad to see him get more work uh, late in the season. Um, I don't think the Bills are just going to turn the backfield over to him completely, so maybe there is somebody like a Sony Michelle that, that kind of slides in there. Um, or maybe it's James Conner 
who had a huge season with Arizona, uh, was a touchdown machine for the Cardinals this past year. Yardage-wise, eh, wasn't really much to get excited about. But, man, the touchdowns were fantastic for James Conner. Uh, do the Cardinals keep him? I mean, that I think that would make Kyler Murray happy and make him and his agent happy because they keep pieces around him. Uh, or do they do they move on? Do they try to go chase Edmonds? Um, what what is the future for James Conner? What should the future be for James Conner? I think he should just stay in Arizona. They they also have Edmonds a free agent, so they're gonna have to choose one or someone new. I, I mean, to me, Conner not only did he score all those touchdowns and he was a great goal line runner late in the second half of the season when when Chase Edmonds was hurt. Connor was doing it all for them. I mean, he was making spectacular one-handed catches. He was being a legit receiving option out of the backfield. Like, we know Connor is talented, uh, and we've known that for years now. The only issue has been he hasn't been able to stay healthy. I, I think right now the perfect fit for him is in Arizona. Kingsbury has had success uh, with veterans. He hasn't had success developing young players so far. So I, I think they bring in another veteran. Although, I find this hilarious Every team is either in the negative when it comes to cap space or they have $3 million or more, except for the Arizona Cardinals who have $2,000 in cap space. <laughs> like, they basically have like, you know, a few, few months of a car payment basically in cap space <laughs> uh, is what, what they've got there. Um, honestly, I think if you're the Cardinals, you got to go out of your way to try to just re-sign a lot of your free agents. Uh, you know, James Conner is one. Chase Edmonds is one. We talked about Zach Ertz. Uh, and whether or not they, they bring him back. I mean, I know they sort of faded down the stretch, but they've got pieces in place. And I think some of that had to do with DeAndre Hopkins being hurt. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think they keep both Christian Kirk and A.J. Green, and maybe they don't keep either. But I think a lot of these pieces, I think you just try to bring them back because you weren't that far away um, from from maybe making some noise. Uh it's just it's just they got to figure figure out how to finish strong in the back half of the season and they have to like each other enough so that their quarterback uh stays instagram friends with them or something like that too um so uh, it's gonna be interesting now free agency starts in a week uh, i'm sure you and i will be busy pumping out content whether it's on this podcast or social media or youtube so uh, everybody should follow us there or tv um, yeah tv um yeah, we'll be uh we will be all you know all of us myself Florio uh, Kimmy checks I think Adam Rank will all be uh, doing hits on uh, NFL Network too uh, in the next week or so uh, as free agency hits so uh, keep an eye out for that this feels like a great time for you to jump on TikTok too you can start doing TikTok really, content for free agency. I think free agency is the exact time I I need to jump on TikTok yeah man this is the time for you to uh, to make your your make your appearance your your debut TikTok appearance for that um dude this was a hefty show <laughs> yeah. I we we've been doing like half this time, but I mean, we we said it when we were talking before the show yesterday. We were like, "Oh man, like we have to include this, and we have to include this." Right? And it was just the biggest news day, I would say, at least since I started working at the NFL Network. Yeah, it's been there hasn't been anything like this for a while, without a doubt. And I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm trying to scroll Twitter to make sure nothing else breaks as uh, we're doing this, but I'm sure as we sign off. Uh, who knows? Something else may happen too. But uh, let's keep our fingers crossed that it waits at least until tomorrow. Hey, so uh, you know, I joked about things happening as soon as we're done recording a podcast. So full disclosure, we had uh, wrapped up 
our regular edition of the NFL Fantasy Football Show. And about 10 minutes later, the news comes down that the Indianapolis Colts are trading Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders for a package of picks that is thought to include a pair of third rounders. So... Carson Wentz, after what uh, was not a great year in Indianapolis, in fact, the Colts ended up missing out on the playoffs because Carson Wentz uh, had an awful day against the lowly Jacksonville Jaguars. He is now a commander, which means uh, our old pal and Radio Row interviewee Taylor Heineke is probably out of a gig somewhere. Um, Instant reaction. Uh, What does this mean for, say, like Terry McLaurin now in Washington? I think it's a upgrade for McLaurin, but not a not by a whole lot. Like Carson Wentz is an adequate quarterback. I, I don't believe he's ever shown us that he can lift someone to new fantasy heights. I, I mean, Michael Pittman Jr. did uh, kind of break out last year, but we were all kind of expecting that a little bit. We love the talent there. Uh, I, I guess it, it, it's an upgrade for McLaurin, but not enough of one where – I'm suddenly thinking this is the year he he breaks out and is the wide receiver one that we had been hoping for. Probably uh, more how he has been the last couple of years, a wide receiver two that'll have some really nice games and then some really down weeks. I mean, I, I think I think the consensus right now is that, yeah, this is an upgrade from Taylor Heineke, but not significantly. Um, you know, it, it just seems like the farther we get into Carson Wentz's career, uh, was that the 2016, 2017 year when he was uh, an MVP candidate before he got hurt? Um, it just feels more and more like the anomaly. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess this helps. I guess this helps get Washington a little bit closer to where they want to be. Um, it's a pretty big downgrade, though, right, for a team that seemed to be in on Russell Wilson, um, that, that seemed to be close, was making an offer for Russell Wilson, and now uh, they get, they get uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, it definitely seems like a big fall off. So I guess now the question is, I mean, there's obviously an opening in Indianapolis. We, we talked about Mitch Trubisky and, and where does he maybe land with the Colts? Is that a fit for him there in Indianapolis? I think so. Like, like that's one that I could definitely see happening because the Colts, let's not forget. They don't have their first round pick this year because they gave it up to get Carson Wentz who they just (laughs) traded for two thirds. Like, that, that was a, a big swing and a miss. And I'm left wondering who's going to be... Like, Indy is one of those teams that I think you can look at the rest of their roster and be like, this is a team that is a quarterback away from being in contention. And now they're even further away from having that quarterback. Like, it's clearly their quarterback of the future is not on the roster. They don't have a, the capital to get one in the draft. You have to think they're going to go with the bridge quarterback here. Trubisky is one that makes sense. Maybe they... Try to go after, like, Deshaun Watson, but he's not going to stay in division, I don't think. So, like, that that's another big name that's gone. So, Jimmy G, maybe they're in play for him. I'm not sure which direction exactly they're going to go in. And the Colts are a team, Marcus, that I always get excited for in fantasy. Like, I, I think Frank Reich is a good play caller. They Obviously, Jonathan Taylor is super talented. Michael Pittman is someone we like. This probably just means even more Jonathan Taylor next year. I mean, look, the cap, the Colts have a ton of cap space, so they can chase. You know, I guess if they wanted to chase Deshaun Watson, uh, depending on what his legal situation is, which, side note, sounds like maybe there's there's some resolution potentially on the horizon there. 
Uh, I think we still have to worry about whatever league discipline happens. But you know, they, they do have the money if they want to try to go uh, in that direction. I don't know that, that they can maybe swing a deal for Garoppolo just because I don't know that they have the draft picks available that the 49ers would want uh, in return from Indianapolis. So um, it very much leaves a hole there in Indy. And, and until we know what that's going to, who that player is going to be, uh, I think it impacts Michael Pittman. Um, does it impact Jonathan Taylor? I feel like whoever the quarterback is, Jonathan Taylor is still going to get his. So may- maybe he doesn't really get touched as much in this. I think we could see even more Jonathan Taylor running now and hopefully maybe even some more dump off passes his way. But yeah, this, I don't know. I I don't know if it necessarily helps John. Like he was already the first player off the board in a lot of drafts. I I don't know if that changes, but I don't think this is a, a boost to his value in any way. Unless of course they go out and, Maybe they get a Jimmy G or someone like that, and then it's like a, a lateral move kind of. So, uh, and that was the thing Ian Rappaport literally just tweeted as you were talking. The Colts have entered the quarterback race again. Expect them to be in the mix for Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, again, I know the Niners originally had kind of a high asking price. I guess it's probably come down since Garoppolo is is recovering from surgery. So we'll see if, if something like that happens. Um, but yeah, definitely a shakeup. And uh, it happened literally just after we finished recording. How, the show. how long before we hear rumors of the, the ghosts of Colts quarterback pass and we hear Andrew Luck hey, or, maybe or Phillip can, Rivers? Maybe we can cut. Maybe we can coax Andrew Luck out of retirement. Hey, Phillip Rivers, was he still is he coaching like high school football somewhere? Maybe he can... Uh, <laughs> I'm on back. Uh, um, yeah. So there you go. Carson Wentz, now a Washington commander. Uh, Colts, it's your move. That'll do it for us. This uh, special kind of rehashed uh, jump back in edition of the Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I guess a quick update. We will give you a show next week. Uh, chances are it will be later in the week with free agency hitting on Wednesday. Uh, we will probably get your show maybe Thursday or Friday. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, but uh, there you go. There's more news. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. 
Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.